Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 21st of March 2010, entitled Exposition of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, and the Bible reading is Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Here's Pastor Russ Iverson. Might I invite your attention this morning to Ephesians chapter 2. Heavenly Father, we look into your word this morning, we pray, Father, that thou wouldst be pleased to bless. Might we know your presence. Father, we pray that just there be one here this morning that knoweth not Christ as Lord and Savior, that you'd touch that heart, speak to that life. Might they find their sufficiency in Christ. And Father, as we are privileged to be able to stand in and fill in, we pray, Father, you'd be with Pastor Curtis, and give him traveling mercy and safety. Use him, we pray, in the service there. Bring him back to us safely. And Father, we be pleased to give you thanks for all that you do. In Christ's name we thank thee. Amen. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul records, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past he walked according to the course of this world, according to the Prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom we also all had our conversation in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Salvation is not of human works. It is all of the grace of God. We're not able to earn salvation. It is God's great gift through the work of Jesus Christ. Even the very faith to believe is the gift of Almighty God. There's absolutely no room for man to boast, no room for man to stick his thumbs in his lapels and proclaim, what a good boy am I. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, Paul records in Romans 10, 17. We find that salvation is not in the least the product of human works. But yet, works flow from one who is truly biblically saved. Why? He says, for we are his workmanship. Out to God as men poema. 
Ought to being the reciprocal pronoun his, emphatically forward. Gar is the causal conjunction for or because. As mean as the first person plural present indicative, a contemporaneous action of the verb of being. We are the redeemed. We are even at this very moment. Poema is the nominative singular neuter noun. Poema derives from the verb poiu, to make or to do. Poema is that which is uh, made or done. It is a work. It is a workmanship. Oxford defines workmanship as uh, that which is produced or made by a craftsman. But Oxford also is kind enough to point out and tell us that there is yet another English word that derives directly from poema, and we read it, read it as poem, which they define as a metrical composition of words expressing facts, thoughts, or feelings in poetic form. Because that God is the master designer, there is purpose behind his craftsmanship, we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are a, a living poem created in Christ Jesus to express good works. The text goes on. Tisthentes and Christu Jesu epi ergoi agathoi. Christentes here, again, the, the nominative plural uh, 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 verb here, uh, the aorist passive participle, a simple action received by the subject, us, the believer. We're called into being. We're created. The subject is, uh, receives this call into being. We receive this work of new creation but it implies an outside source. Consider what uh, the word, where, where we find our word, tisthentes, uh, to be used. We see it in Ephesians chapter 4, picking up verse 23 and 24. And Paul says here, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. There created, tisthenta, the aorist passive participle, a simple one-time action received. It is the new birth, and it only happens once. You are only born again once. We are created in Christ, in righteousness, in true holiness. We are not a sham. We are not a, 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 a charade. If the new birth was real, the truth will out. It will show. We find in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10, he says here in Colossians 3.10, And I put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. There again, created tistantos, the genitive singular uh, masculine aorist or active participle. Here is, uh, again, um, this new man is created one time. After the image, the icona, the profile, the representation, the resemblance, the image, the likeness. We are to represent the one who created us anew. Notice also the word renewed. Anakainumenon. 
It gives it a singular masculine present passive participle, a continuous action received, a renovating, a renewing. This new man is continually being renewed in knowledge, in recognition, in discernment. Here is the sanctifying work of the indwelling Spirit of God. Our hearts and our minds will be marked by a Christ-mindedness if we are in fact indwelt by Him, created again in Him. We will grow in grace and in conformity to the image of Christ. This renovating, this renewing, also we find in Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. Titus chapter 3 and verse 5. There, Anakainuseus, the genitive singular feminine noun, he says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Here we have a re, uh, removing, a re, uh, renova- excuse me, a renovating, a renewing of the Holy Ghost in us. Is also used in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. The scripture says here, Be not conformed to this world, but be it transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here it's the renovating, the renewing of our mind, the renewing of the noose, the mind, the intellect, the will. But consider as well with me in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 15. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 15. For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Creature is catesis. It's the noun, the new created being. It is also used in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, where he says here, any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Here again, creature, thesis, it's a new created being. But consider the twofold uh, use of the word new. Kaine as the nominative adjective. Kaina as the uh, nominative plural uh, adjective. And uh, we see it speaks of a totally new manufacture the manufacturer having purchased the right of manufacture. When he bought us, he bought the right to make us according to his will in his image. Paul tells us in our text, again in Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus in Christ Jesus and Christu Yesu. The form is the same as it is in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. And Christu, if any man be in Christ. 
And the preposition increase to the dative singular masculine noun. Yes, to the dative singular masculine noun. Here is that vital living union with Christ, with God the Father, with the Holy Spirit that uh, Christ prayed about and taught in the upper room in John 14. For he's there in the upper room in the night that he was betrayed before that he went out into the garden. In John 14, picking up in verse 15, he says here, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, another of the identical same kind. That he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. He that uh, loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, Not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. We are created in Christ Jesus, Paul says, unto good works. Epi ergoi agathoi. Epi, the preposition unto ergoi is the indirect object here. It amplifies the verb create by telling us what follows. Ergoi is works, deeds, duties that are enjoined, a task to be accomplished, a task that is, has been accomplished. Agathoi is the adjective good, profitable, upright, virtuous. These good, profitable, virtuous works stand uh, in stark contrast to the works of the flesh, stand in stark contrast to the works of the old man, the unregenerate man. We find in Romans chapter 13, and uh, picking up there in, uh, I believe, verse 12. Romans 13, 12, Paul records, The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Or we find in Galatians chapter 5, and uh, picking up in verse 19, Paul records, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like 
of the which I tell you before, as I've told you also in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Or we see in Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, picking up in verse 1, he says, Be therefore followers or imitators of God as dear children. And walk in love as Christ also so hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not once be named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks." For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of such things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Earlier we spoke of the word tisthenta, uh, the uh, uh, created, and we saw its use in Ephesians 4, 24, he said that ye put on the new man, which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness. But notice what follows on from that, picking up in verse 24 of chapter 4. And that ye put on the new man, which after God has created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him the stole steal no more, but rather let, her, let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that meeteth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby is sealed unto the day of redemption." Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speak and be put away from you with all malice. And be a kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. We would know that we are created to good works, to minister grace. Grace, caris, graciousness of manner or action, 
the divine influence upon the heart, its reflection in the life, including an attitude of gratitude. One who has a vital living relationship with Christ will manifest a renewed mind, will manifest a grateful heart and a surrendered will and a teachable spirit. When Christ lives in the heart, His graces ought to be manifest. They ought to be visible. They ought to be seen. Paul writes, He is not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. In Galatians 5.13, Christ is our example. He said, I have given you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. And there in the upper room, he had just knelt down and washed the feet of the twelve. In humility, we should serve others. In humility, we should serve one another as he served us. Paul continues in Ephesians, good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Oi, proe, toi, masin, o theos, ina, and autoi, peripati, sumen. Oi being the dative, plural, neuter, relative pronoun, which, and it points us again to the, to the good, the profitable, the upright, the virtuous works. Proetoimacin here is the third person singular, asked, active, indicative, a simple past action taken by God. Pro is for or in front of or prior. Etoimazu is to prepare, to provide, to make ready. Proetoimacin here is to fix up in advance, to prepare before, to appoint beforehand. And it's God who's done it. He is the, the one, one who has made this preparation beforehand. Ina is the conjunction of purpose, that or in order that. Atoi is the dative, plural, neuter, personal pronoun, them, the good works. Paripatisumin here is the first person, plural, arist, active, subjunctive, a simple potential action that, uh, that the believers are to take. Various throughout or all around. Pateo is to tread on the foot. Pere pateisumen here is to head all around or to walk at large, to live or to deport oneself, to follow uh, as a companion or a disciple, a devoted one. But you know, as disciples, these things ought to manifest in our lives as we live our daily life. Are we really following in his footsteps? Are we really allowing Christ to live out his life in us and through us? Are we following his example? Are we modeling his precepts? We were God's workmanship, recreated by new birth in Christ Jesus. We were recreated to bear his image, to bear his likeness to a lost and a dying world around us. The day in which we live is a day in which everybody just about claims, oh, I'm a Christian. 
I'm a Christian. When in reality, they live like the devil. True believers, those who are indwelt by the Spirit of God, we ought to be discernibly different from the rest of the, as I call them, the crinos, the Christians in name only. There ought to be a difference between those who know Christ and those who are simply professors. I don't know about you, but it really gets me upset anytime that there's a Middle East, a battle springs up, especially in Lebanon, and you have all kinds of rockets and mortars and bombs and guns and things going off and people dying and getting killed and the news commentator says, oh, the Christians started this one. My wife will tell you one reason we got rid of the television. She got tired of me threatening to throw a book at it because the guy was lying. The Christians were praying. The Christians were on the door soul winning. It was the professors who only had a, a profession of religion, the denominationalists, that started shooting between them and the Muslims. The believers wouldn't have done it. Those who are regenerate would not have done it. No, we have to be careful by what we claim to be Christian and what we claim uh, and whether or not to, there's honest evidence there. We follow his example. He is our standard of how we live and work and have our being. The works may be a divine preparation, but to carry them out is our responsibility through his enablement by the Spirit of God who indwells us. And we do that by surrender. We succeed by surrendering our lives daily to the indwelling Spirit of God. Paul said in another place, I die daily. He began his day dying to self and submitting that day to the Lord Jesus Christ that he might live it in the fullness and the power of the Spirit of God. This preparation this enablement is the precise reason that James said that if our testimony does not bear fruit, it's bogus. It's bogus. It's illegitimate. It's not true. In James chapter 2, James chapter 2, picking up in verse 17, he says here, even so faith, if it hath not works is dead, being alone, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? 
Was not Abram our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works? And by works was faith made perfect, and the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abram believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way. Whereas the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Abram's outward works proved his inward relationship with God. His behavior, his obedience in this particular case proved his profession. Paul's testimony of him we find in Hebrews chapter 11 and picking up in verse 8. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. He says here, By faith Abram, when he was called to go out into a place where he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations whose builder and maker is God. Dropping down to verse 17, he said, By faith Abram, when he was tried, offered up Isaac. And he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. Or we see in Romans chapter 4, picking up in verse 1. Romans chapter 4 and verse 1. What shall we say then? Abram, my father, is pertaining to the flesh of found. For if Abram were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abram believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. To him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Might we observe something else here? Our word workmanship, poema. Again, we derive from it our English word poem, a piece of literary workmanship. But back in eternity past, God wrote it down that Christ was to be the first fruits of many brethren, we see in Romans chapter 8, picking up there in verse 28, the Scripture says, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose, for whom He did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. It is predestined, it is written, it is decreed beforehand that this is going to be, that, there will, uh, that we uh, will be uh, conformed. Uh, conformed here is uh, uh, sumamorphos, jointly formed, conformed to. 
fashioned like unto, made conformable unto, made in the image of Christ. In Philippians chapter 3, Philippians chapter 3, and in verse 10, he says here that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And there conformable is uh, sumor fumenos, a continuous action Paul receives, continually conforming to Christ's death. He died for others, Paul says over in Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2, Paul said for, uh, in verse 19, for I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He's dead to the world, but alive unto Christ. Or we find in Philippians 3.21, he says, uh, there, and, uh, and I'm in the wrong book. Philippians 3.21, Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. And there may be fashioned as sumomorphon, conformed. But a closely related word is used by Paul in Philippians 3.17. He said, Brethren, be followers together of me and mark them which walk so as you have us for an ensample. Followers together, assumimitai, imitators together, or joint imitators. But why all this? Because Christ desires to share his glory with us. And he prayed so. In John 17, John 17, and picking up there in verse 22. John 17 is the Lord's Prayer. John 17, verse 22, the Scripture re records here, And the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them, and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me, where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. They were to live out Christ's example. They were to live out his love to a lost and a dying world that the world could see the difference and be drawn to the Lord Jesus Christ. It boils down to this. He loved us. He loved us to lay aside the glories of heaven and to step down into time and to live 
that life that he lived and die of the death that he died and to suffer the separation from the Father for the first time in eternity. For those three hours of darkness from noon until three as he hung on the cross and he cried out, Lama, Lama Sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And at the end of that three hours, he cried out to Telestai. It is finished. All that needed to be done to buy your pardon and mine was accomplished in those three hours of darkness on the cross. He separated. He suffered not only physical death, but he suffered the ultimate death, separation from Almighty God. That you and I might have life. He loved us. Do we really love him? Or do we love the world more? Paul tells us that God has begun a work in us and that he will complete it. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says, Being confident of this very thing, he which hath begun a good work in us will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. And that work is conformity to Christ conforming us to Christ. But John tells us in 1 John chapter 3, picking up in verse 1, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. The evidence of our professions of love for the Savior is putting off the old man of this world and putting on the new man in the image of Christ, growing in grace, grown in conformity to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we love him and are truly possessed of his love, we will actively engage in partnership with him in that conforming process. We will yield to him. We will submit to him. Our walk will be a walk of increasingly bearing more and more and more of the fruit of righteousness and the image of Christ. We will more and more and more evidence and manifest the fruit of the Spirit. He who indwells us. In Galatians chapter 5, again in verse 20, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 20. Scripture says uh, there, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Maybe I back up to verse 19. 
Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you also in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and the lusts. If we let us, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. To live and to walk, claiming to be a Christian in the course and the manner of the world is a cause of great grief. Paul said in Ephesians 4.30, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you sealed until the day of redemption. He is trying to grow us in grace and in conformity to Christ. And when we willfully dig in our heels and disobey, it causes grief. It causes heartache. It causes injury. How much better? How much better? To crucify the flesh, as Paul said back in verse 20 of Galatians chapter 2. I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He says in our text, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. You're here this morning, and you've been born again. You've been born again for a purpose. As Pastor said this morning in Sunday school, if you've been born again, you've been left here for a purpose. Maybe I ought to rephrase that. We have been left here for a purpose. To glorify Christ. That the world might see Christ in us. Father, take these few simple thoughts we pray and have your perfect will and way. Speak to hearts, speak to lives. And Father, might we so deport ourselves might we so live our life that when we stand and give an account, we can hear those precious words, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter thou into the joys of thy Lord. Father, speak to our hearts today. But Father, if there be one here who knows not Christ, we pray, Father, that you'd touch that heart and life and that the Spirit of God would do his work. And Father, show him his need of a Savior. Show him his need of salvation. Father, we ask your perfect will and way be accomplished in this place this morning. 
We ask it in Christ's name and thank Thee. Amen. Mm-hmm.